0: Will it be Lucanol, Bicycle Reflectors or Agatha Christie? I'm Toby Haydock and I'm choosing my favourite things about a Doctor Who story in this positive podcast, Happy Times and
1: Places. Hello Toby, um, my name is Gary Russell and I have had one or two small involvements with Doctor Who over the years, nothing particularly major or important compared to most. Um, so the story I've given you to go and wear and watch is Robots of Death. <laughs>
0: are we ready to press play on the robots of death episode three yes please let's do so in three two one and here we go yes uh what a good story it is so yeah i'm i may be reading Uh, Some missives I have from my patrons with observations or questions about the robots of death. I don't know, just trying to mix it up a bit. Uh, But I might not need it because pretty much everything about this story uh, is worth talking about and uh, talking about in a positive way. And it's a slightly different font, isn't it, for, for this season, for the title? She's going. Yeah. Is that close up of the robot in the. Uh, that opens the episode? Is that in the. is that in the edited together video version? I'm not sure that it is. Um, I, uh, we had some. Uh, we had some. they're not pliers, are they? What are they called? Uh, uh, snippers. There's a name for them. Dask is using very 20th century uh, equipment to uh, cut the Zeta Links. Um uh but i i you know why do you need a uh you know a laser cannon when a bit of or a a laser probe when a bit of a if you really need to cut a cable a bit of brute force is 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 what you'll need to do it um it's funny those shots of the 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 robots where bits of their heads disappear or in in that case one just sort of moved it's almost sort of think is that two shots welded together i wonder why they didn't do it again um I I like uh David Bailey's um very clipped s- straightforward uh professional dusk I'm sure Dask knows where to look for the damage does that mean the doctor knows already is he dropping hints has he, he did he see the bit with the trousers um uh Titus's hat is quite a remarkable thing isn't it um I'd be interested to know how practical they were she's very good at acting her poorly wrist here Pamela Salem I really buy that that wrist really hurts look at that that's a brilliant piece of sort of pain acting uh, uh Pamela Salem is is a terrific actress and she always plays rather grand uh people Look for a man with scars. Um, And I I thought she might be quite aloof. I've had the pleasure of uh, being in a room with her. And she was absolutely lovely. Very, very cheerful. Um, And I I love the way that uh, uh, David Collings does that bit where he goes, I I saw the reports. Oh, no, I was there. So, you know, he's, again, he's a detective. He saw the reports because he's a, but he, he, yeah, so is is the is the suggestion that he wasn't actually there, but he's he's done his homework. Um, it's just they obviously don't have sort of the internet on Caldor City, which is fine. They've spent all of their uh, industry making fancy fancy clothes, uh, but they look comfortable those clothes, um, and you can you you know you can move about in them. Um, I think he's very clever, says the Doctor. Yes, I think he's very clever too, Doctor Who. Um, <laughs> and it's... Because if you think about it, the Doctor's actually only been there about 15 minutes. <laughs> uh, but uh, already they've got some sort of rapport going on. Oh, look at that. Um, phoenix from the, the from the mud. <laughs> My metaphor ran away with me. And they're having a... Ah, and here we uh, get... Uh, a, a new subplot. If you see how shifty David Collins is being when he's offered uh, whatever SV7 has just uh, offered him, he's he's he doesn't like the robots. I think that's a brilliant concept. The idea of robophobia. It's a fantastic science fiction concept because robots are a staple of science fiction. Phobias are a thing. The way that it is explained about how robots not having body language and that can make us feel uneasy is utterly utter, utterly plausible. Uh, and becomes a, a, a sort of key issue with plot and character, um, and and I think you know just when you think this story can't get any better or 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 be using its core ingredients any more imaginatively, it, it bungs that into the mix. Uh, and uh, and again, you know that you know let's just throw in a little bit of how the how the sand miner works. You get the water from the recycling, but we have these little things that we pop in it to give it a bit of flavour. Uh, I love the empathy that Leela has, has with Poole here, where she's why do you do it? She asks it with... And, and I love the way that he says, money, Leela. Uh, he he plays that beautifully. It's a lovely scene between the two of them. And I know that Louise was very fond of David Collings. I think this was the first time they met, but they, they stayed in touch. Uh, she wrote a very nice tribute for me when I did, a, did an article for him about Doctor Two magazine about this time last year. Uh, poor David died just before uh, the very first lockdown um, so was not able to have a proper send off sadly but uh, I was able to talk to his son Sam and to uh, his wife Karen and to Louise uh, Sam Collings David Collings' son is a, is a marvellous actor um, but David Collins was a great servant to Doctor Who for many years he was the great doctor that never was and then Big Finish gave him a a, a chance to play the doctor where he played a doctor for whom it had all sort of all gone wrong uh one less fettered by morality um and he does and because he's silver and sapphire and steel so you know uh now is that suggesting to us i think that's sort of going ah you should start mistrusting dask even though it's his job to have the corpse marker and he knows in episode one what the corpse marker is and yeah paul says what are you doing my job so we're going uh, we would be going is this a sleight of hand is this suggesting to us we should be suspicious of Dask w- well yeah all very subtle and all very nice but we've seen his trousers <laughs> um, you know Kaiser Soze he isn't uh, <laughs> the best trick the devil ever played was not to show us his trousers <laughs> um, that now that look at that is now is that that the, the that the robot's hand is slightly melted, as I've always thought. But I've had a question here, and looking at it now, no, it's sort of bits of goo, isn't it? It's not just blood. I thought maybe it was blood on a slightly melted robot-y fingers. Um, that you know, in the robot when it had killed presumably Borg, um, uh, had had then had its fingers mashed up, and and the blood is sort of stuck to mashed up fingers. But actually, looking at it there. Oh yeah and if the trousers weren't enough here's Dask's eyes and nose and and whispery voice um I, yeah um it's uh, you know it's it's like uh, it's like the police squad episode called the butler did it you know yeah. um but somebody has sent yes it's Paul Taylor Greaves. Who said I'm watching it now? When Paul sees the damaged robot's hand, which triggers his breakdown, how did they get away with the blood and matter that is on the hand? Clearly, it's bits of Borg's innards—grim stuff for a Saturday tea time. Yeah, it—it it is pretty grim, and I suppose you need it to, to set off Paul's breakdown. Um. I, I like the 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 stutter of the the robot. That's obviously a very isn't that a beautiful mask? And the fact that it's silver uh, and, and the lighting. Duncan Brown's the uh, lighting uh, and, uh, designer on this, isn't he? And he's a superb uh, lighting guy. Uh, he uh, does the lighting for Genesis of the Daleks as well, which is also beautifully lit. ah um, uh, Tanya Rogers uh, doesn't get a credit for this episode because she's only a corpse. That's not always the way, but uh, it does lead me into Mark Owens' question. Have you ever tracked down Tanya Rogers? She seems to be one of the few actors to have eluded the attention of WHO researchers in the years following her small number of listed credits. I hope she's well and happy, says Mark. I do too, Mark. Uh, As far as I know, she's in Birmingham and I think people have written to her, just not heard back. So maybe she, uh, she just doesn't you know for some people you know an acting career is just a moment and the least interesting thing that they've done to them um uh, and 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 he mark also mentions a, a, another doctor Who actress that uh, we've never tracked down but maybe we'll we'll talk about that when we do that story um please do not i i love the doctor and d84 together i i i, I i've had the pleasure of interviewing gregory de Polnay but i i remember there was a video that I loved when I was a student and I was poor and I saved up for it from real time pictures is it called I Was a Doctor Who Monster um right up my street interviewing the lesser known, the lesser celebrated people, including, you know and it was all the people that played the monsters and Gregory DePolnay was one of them. Uh and he said, you know, uh, when this canine came along, I was really pissed off, he said, that they didn't ask me to do the voice. And I think that's a reasonable thing to be pissed off about. But Greg has, has become a uh, a great drama teacher. And in fact, I, when it was Doctor Who's 30th anniversary, some mates of mine let me have a Doctor Who party at their house because they had to tell you in a video I lived in a rubbish bedsit on my own. Bless them, I, I was so keen to inflict Doctor Who on other people and my mates went along with it and they bought me a Sevens Cyberman and God, I forget. It's, it's unlocking memories I've not remembered, and, and and they let me sort of program a night of Doctor Who, and one of the ones we watched was the Robots of Death, uh, and, uh, and 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 D eighty four went down very well, I have to say. and I and and this is the. Um, Episode, of course, where he says, please do not throw hands at me. I think it's this, not this episode, it's next episode. Um, I think it's this one. Uh, and uh, that went down particularly well. And, and one of my friends, and it's just reminded me, I, I sometimes... Oh. how nice of my friends to indulge me I had good friends there and I think sometimes you take for granted the people in your life um so thanks to those guys for letting me program a Doctor Who night in their house that they indulged and they bought me a Cyberman it wasn't my birthday it was Doctor Who's but they knew how important Doctor Who was to me um and so this was 1993 and and yeah, please do not throw hands at me. Went down so well that I I was on a film set. Me and one of the the fellows who came to that do, my dear friend Mark. Um, we were both uh, used in a film called Monk Dawson. Both had a handful of lines in. Uh, that the, they they filmed a bit of it to get the funding, and then they filmed the rest of it, and we were in the bit they did to get the funding. And um, and at one point, I think somebody threw a rubber glove or something at one of us. Um, and, and I said, please do not throw hands at me uh, as, as a joke to Mark. And we laughed because it was their thing. And then the grip laughed and went, robots of death. And he was a grip called John Head, uh, Head and Hands. Uh, and I've never met him since. But very occasionally I'll do a job and somebody will find out I'm a Doctor Who fan. I go, oh, I know this bloke. He's really tough. He's a grip. And I'm, it's not called John Head, is he? You know, they say, you know, who's a big Doctor Who fan? Because we got on really well for that couple of days I was on that film and I consider him sort of a, a chum or whatever, but I've met him once for that very short period, but we had a meeting of, of, you know, of, a, a, a confluence of uh, a, a, of of the the right uh, obscure reference dropped at the right point in a piece of filmmaking, um, and as I say, he keeps sort of creeping back by by name, but without us actually ever meeting. And I think I've met more people that know him, um, and 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 obviously a bit like me, you know, uh, amongst his circle of friends, he's the Doctor Who guy. Um, so, John, if you're listening, we must meet up again in in another. Well, let's not leave it. Ninety three. Gosh, that's, that's nearly 30 years ago. It feels like yesterday. Um, that's a great shot through the legs. <laughs> uh, somebody who's just dropped in at that point might uh, wonder what we're talking about. But um, And of course, the the, the robot eye view. Look at the lighting in that shot. The beautiful way that the pinks are reflected on. Those robot masks aren't just a, a great piece of you know Art Deco design. They're actually very useful in terms of what they bring to proceedings in terms of what the robots actually have to do which is to be impassive and scary and you know beautiful and decadent to reflect the 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 the, the society um but also scary as doctor who monsters and their scariness comes from the fact that despite the beauty of their design there is the thing that causes robophobia which is the lack of nuance and facial expression and body language very very clever um uh and i get and again duncan brown the lighting designer deserves some credit for that pamela salem is very very uh classy and when i first saw this it was before remembrance of the daleks so it was it was a joy when she you know came back into the series she like rob edwards um is also a voice of zoan on so clearly they were you know when they were rehearsing for robots of death it was like you want a couple of quid to uh be a computer voice um so she's actually, she counts as being in, in the three stories. Um, but yes, please do not throw hands at me. That hasn't happened yet. I'm, it's, I'm not always going to uh, match the, uh, uh, the my words to the pictures. But I will try, for those of you that aren't watching along, I shall try and make sure we're, uh, you, you know, you know pretty much where we are in this episode. this bit is a fabulous scene that I hadn't remembered from the book at all and is just glorious. I heard a cry that was me <laughs> and just and it's not just the voice. Gregory depolne's voice is great. it's it's the body language as well it's 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 the way he sort of uh, says his thing and then comes forward, says his thing again, pauses, takes in the information and and with exactly the same tone because he's a robot he's going to say the same thing over and over again and a human would get more insistent uh uh you know if you repeat something it's it's natural isn't it to add some variation even if it's a bit more intensity or loudness the beauty of that is is the and i as i say i didn't remember that from the book at all um and it's fabulous and and baker is clearly quite cross uh d84 as in the doctor um and this is this is you know again it's the, the we have the, the the bicycle reflectors being handed out now as uh, you know sort of death coins, but um, uh, death coins in marigolds. That's what a, bicycle reflectors in marigolds. That close up was, but it uh, marigold sprayed silver um, uh, marigolds. I don't know if that translates over to the states. Any any viewers abroad? There are a few. A uh, marigold is a rubber glove, uh, uh, which is what well, is obviously the robot's hands are are made of. But sprayed silver. Um, and yet, in a great piece of Doctor Who, you can have a whacking great close-up of a silver marigold with some bicycle reflectors, and it still be a sort of chilling uh, threat of death. Um, uh, this, I, this, this was a bit that me and a, a couple of friends always used to go, oh, the, the ba-doing! <laughs> uh, and, and I have to say, now you're showing off, I think is a bit, is slightly modern uh for 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 Leela I don't know or is it or is it I don't know I don't know maybe I'm wrong there it 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 does stick out a bit for me and I I'm not quite sure why uh, I remember that shot was slowed down and used in uh in uh, resistance is useless which is a which was a documentary that celebrated a repeat season of Doctor Who largely by mocking it um yeah I I can do whole podcasts about that um uh, uh, Gerald Ratner was clearly a program advisor um let's not get into that but um I I like the 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 even though if you look closely you can see how it's done the 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 heartbeat through the through the curtain to show the 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 robots you know seeing that Leela um is alive and well as it were um this is a beautiful line punch a six inch hole in armor plate or Pluck the crystals from a snowflake one by one. So it's, it's a it's a wonderful thing, and uh, yeah, it's basically the it's the it's the iPhones of, of, of industrial tools, isn't it? Uh, it's probably got loads of things you don't need to do as well. <laughs> but love it, love beautifully explained and introduced. Uh, I, I I can't use it. This is a, I I cannot speak. <laughs> Oh, he's just so delightful. And again, in the book, he was quite an important character, but a, and, and a, a sort of dogged assistant, if you like. To that but you had no idea he was quite so lovable. Um, but he's lovable because he's sort of strange. It's the innocence of D84 that is so beautiful. I love Toose's boudoir. It's quite, it's quite the thing, isn't it? Leather pillows. She's got a leather punch bag for a pillow and a shell for a... For a, a bedhead. <laughs> whatever you like. Whatever whatever turns you on toots. Um, uh, did I go off on one then? Um, I think I probably did. Um, th- th- yeah, so, th- but there you see, the doctor says, take Leela Dask pool. So uh, he has been dropping hints that he knows it's Dask, but the one he doesn't mention there is is Yovanov. Um, presumably because he knows he's under guard. Russell Hunter hasn't actually been in this episode yet. Uh, he uh, he's, he's got quite a quiet week this week. He comes in right at the end, doesn't he? Oh, look at that! She opens the door, and the robot is there. That caught, oh, that is very, very grim and brilliant. Um, uh, I, 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 and this looks like it hurts when she 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 wax it. She does a pretty. Pretty decent job there. Um, and of course he takes his hand off, which is the, which uh, heralds the wonderfully and rightly celebrated line we get later on. Uh, look at that clunk. Um, oh yes. Yeah. Leela with the spadoink uh, with the knife. That's what I was <laughs> thinking about. Uh, uh, there's not very often a sound effect from the sound effects library. Um, uh uh, Let's Doctor Who down. There's a moment in the Horns of Nymon, isn't there? Where's there's that? It's got a name, hasn't it? The Uh, but um, yeah, and I suppose it would make that noise, the knife as it as it goes into the metal of the robot. But uh, it just seems a little a little comical. Uh, That's okay. Well, it's all right to have the odd unintentional laugh as well. But uh, again, I'm only being I'm only being picky because. Otherwise, this is just going to be me watching it and, being, and just loving it because uh, I generally do. Again, the lighting is so good here. I genuinely buy her fear. She's really... And, and and I think women get a rough deal in Doc Two a lot of the time having to be imperiled and screaming. Uh, and it's hard to do right. But I totally believe Toose's peril in this. And, and later on when the robot's trying to kill her and she's pleading with it, um, is really really believable and really well done um david Collins, i think has a has a has a a, a a hard trick to pull off here i love that shot of uh, him under the table and his knee there i remember in the book i hadn't i, I never i didn't quite grasp what had happened to, to pool i i read it when i was way way too young um and and i think it's a shame because pool is such a a a, a, a great character it's it's sad that from here on in in the drama he's reduced to a sort of uh gibbering wreck because i liked him as a sort of cynical lurker um but it's important for the story and it's and it gives it it gives it that uh well it gives it all sorts of different layers and uh, uh, uh and plot but it's uh yeah it's it's a shame that it comes at the cost of a of a, of a very interesting character and in fact you know and it's a shame that Borg and and Zilda die so soon as well because um, you know I think we could have stood more of of them in their story but that's a that's a good sign when you're when you're packed full that you you feel the loss of the bits that uh, that, that go away poor old pool um, and it's not really clear in the story what happens to him but I know that uh you know there's been spin-offs from big finish and uh, 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 and uh, uh, other production houses haven't they um, using all of the original actors, which I like. There's been life beyond the robots of death, even if not in TV Doctor Who. Um, uh, I like the I like the the makeup job on uh, Russell Hunter here, and I and I love his reaction to seeing the robot behind him. Um, it's like it's great, <laughs> um, and I like the sort of understanding between these two. I know Michael Bryant said that in the script Ivanov was a bit butcher than this um, and that, you know, he cast Russell Hunter against type, but I think it's a cho- it's a decision that that really pays off. Ah, that's there we go, look. It, that Tom Baker's face fades into the titles, it's not a cut. Again, I don't think there's another Tom Baker story where that happens. And it happens in episodes 1 and 3 of The Robots of Death, and that was the end of episode 3. Uh list is a little bit shorter because a few poor people have been killed john bleesdale who played one of the robots so i remember i did a corporate video once for something and and, and he'd been used by these people quite a lot he, he, he died before i got to said and so i think you know it dropped into conversation that i i was a doctor who fan it always seems to come up and oh the guy he was the, he was the lead robot in a, in a doctor who and it was, yeah, it, was uh, it was john bleesdale um So there we go. That's episode three of The Robots of Death. So I will pause before we go to episode four. I've got to see what Gary Russell's favourite thing about episode three of The Robots of Death is after I have nominated mine. And I think I am going to cheat Uh, interestingly please do not throw hands at me isn't in episode three it's in episode four which sort of solves a dilemma because going into this i thought oh might i choose that i mean it's only one line but i think i've explained (laughs) in the wrong episode uh, why, why that has echoed through the ages for me um but i think that i heard a cry scene i know it's it's nothing it's a short scene adds nothing to the story But I just love it. I I love the performance. I love its very existence. Uh, I love the way that it's done. I love the performances. I love the way it's totally surprising. And I sort of love the way there's nothing quite like it in all of Doctor Who. So the scene where T-84 just keeps saying, I heard a cry. And the Doctor keeps saying, that was me, is my favourite thing. And that's not damning with faint praise because I love so much about this story. But I'm choosing that scene. And that sort of sort of cheats because but it doesn't but it doesn't cheat to my favor because gary has already chosen d84 so it's unlikely he's going to choose that again because i'm I'm assuming his choosing of d84 covers that but i think uh, i don't think i could live with myself if i hadn't chosen something including d84 who i can't choose as my favorite thing because because gary's already done it so that would be pointless even though this is pointless because i know he's not going to choose this bit Either so, I may as well have just said D eighty four, but I'm sticking to the sort of arbitrary rules I've created. So that scene, and Gary Russell is going to tell me what he likes about Episode three.
1: Episode three, um, I'm not a sort of visceral horror person. I don't like horror. I don't like body horror particularly, or slasher movers or anything like that. Um, and yet again, watching this in nineteen seventy seven when it went out. Uh, one moment stuck out at me as being incredibly powerful and very memorable in the story. And that's the bit in episode three where Poole goes into the little area where all the dead robots have been deactivated by Dask and he presses his little thing and the thing rotates and there's a robot there who doesn't have a nameplate, the only robot in the entire story not to have a nameplate, Um, and his head's all crushed. And he looks down, the camera pans down with him And he sees the hand, and on the hand is blood dripping. And on the edge of the fingers is brain matter and a bit of skull and a bit of a loose hair. um, Because this is the uh, robot that killed Borg. And as is said later, you know, Borg obviously put up quite a good fight. Um, And I just remember at the time thinking that was one of the most visceral and darkest things I'd ever seen in Doctor Who. You know, blood in Doctor Who isn't that unusual, but to see it with actual gunk, actual brain matter on a finger. Uh, I loved it. I thought that was great. So that's my favourite thing in episode three.
0: Interesting, because I remember, you know, being very excited, you know, by because in The Power of Kroll, when Thorn gets killed, you see a little bit, you see blood, but you have to look really quickly. And uh, then there's Kondo when he gets his stomach blown out. So, you know, that sort of thing is very exciting when I was younger. And I But I I remember sort of taking that bit slightly for granted. I, and I don't know why, because... I would get excited by anything that would make Doctor Who seem adult, especially when it was, uh, uh, you know, the victim of so much Mickey taking. But through doing this and watching it tonight and having my missive uh, here from from Paul Taylor Greaves and then Gary choosing it as this thing, uh, I, I'm I'm reveling in this sort of new experience of, of of seeing a bit I've seen so many times and rather taken for granted and actually slightly misreading as I explained I thought it was mangled robot finger, um has given me a newfound appreciation and a new understanding and and I think next time when I watch the robots of death for pleasure, uh, uh, uh you know that that bit might hit me in a slightly different way and isn't that beautiful and isn't that what being a Doctor Who fan is all about and you know. Watching these things over and over again, which is why I've seen the Robots of Death uh, more times than I've read some of the great works of literature. But I don't care. Um, so yes, Borg's brains on a on a rubber glove. Uh, that's a good choice, uh, Gary. So um, uh, uh, I don't get a I don't get a point for that. Oh. Um, did you hear a cry yeah that was me cheerio sadly since i recorded this commentary david bailey who played dask who i mentioned quite a lot uh, over the four episodes and in the present tense uh, has passed away at the age of 83 Thank you so much for listening to Happy Times and Places, which was presented by me, Toby Haydok. My special guest was Gary Russell, who you can find on Twitter, at Twilight Streets. Thanks to Patrons, who this episode are Mark Aldridge, Kit Allen, Sebastian April, Tilt Arisa, ARCH Presents CIC, Simon Ash, Martin Bellum, James Blackett. Robin Bland, Kyle Bores, David Brody, Hugh Buchtman, Anthony Carroll, Anthony Carroll, no, that's not a stutter, there are two of them. Richard Chalk, Susan Christian, what are the odds say? Eh? Steve Churchill, Charles Coppin, Paul Kulnagy, Peter Crocker, Sarah Krotzer, Dave Curran, Rob Dawson, Tim Dickinson, and Pete Dylan Trenchard. The music for this podcast is by Dave Gates, and the artwork by Dylan Patterson. I heard a shout out for the Patreon subscription model which you can find at patreon.com forward slash Toby Haydoke, which is a way of supporting me via a monthly donation from as little as £3 for which you get advance material way in advance of the normal releases. You also get extra exclusive stuff and maybe even a badge. Uh, if you can't or don't fancy that, you could also do a one-off donation at kofi.com forward slash Toby Anything is appreciated. Please rate five stars if you can, and review as positively as possible these at whichever outlet you get them from. And if you want to see a video version, go to my YouTube channel. Please subscribe. The video one drops a few months after the audio one, but you know, have a look if you want to see what lampshade I was watching it under.